Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Portrait Session on the Improved Photography Podcast. My name is Connor Hibbs, and today I am joined by Miss Erica Kay. How are you doing, Miss Erica? I'm great, Connor. How are you? I, I'm doing really well. Good. Loving life right now. Just Good. Got back from Scandinavia a few weeks ago, and I'm still kind of riding that excitement. Oh, I'm sure. Was it so beautiful? Oh, it was it was the best. I want to go back so bad. And now I just have to talk my wife into um, skipping her vacation pick to go back there. Oh, that might be difficult. Uh, maybe so. She She's <laughs> into like, she wants to go to Amsterdam. So I'm like, well, maybe we can do both. Oh, yeah. Just like, swing over there real quick. Yeah. Like they're, they're not too, too far away. So nah. we'll see. Amsterdam's really cool. So if you end up there, don't be sad because it is a really awesome place. I, I, I don't think that I will be. But <laughs> man, the, the, the Danes and Swedes are just a lot of fun. It was a they good are. time when we were out there. They really are. And they have good food and good beer. Yes, um, when you can get beer on on the Swedish side. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, t- um, today we're going to be talking a little bit about a topic that both Eric and I have been thinking about recently, which is um, pre-production that goes into photo shoots, um, specifically pre- pre-production tips for stylized shoots. So, Erica, you seem to have done a really big project as a recent. You want to tell me about that? Yeah, so I actually recently wrote a blog post for Improved Photography about this project, um, and it it has something that I've been working on for the last four, almost five months now. So we were hired by a local inventor here in Columbus to create a bunch of assets for them for their Kickstarter campaign. So the company is called Hanga, and this this guy here in Columbus has created a new type of clothing hanger, and it's really cool. It you know it allows you to just kind of pull your your clothes like right on and off the hanger. Oh, cool. um, it's an it's an interesting invention and it's it's a pretty cool idea so he hired us to create a bunch of photo and video assets for him for his kickstarter campaign and for his social media and his website and all kinds of stuff so we've spent the past like almost five months working on all of these assets and it's been a huge production and i outside of doing the photography for it i also took on the role of production manager so i was in charge of uh, not only shooting the photos, but also uh, I was in charge of the entire production. So I helped create the 55 uh, photos and videos that we provided him for and just was in charge of running and organizing and planning the entire campaign for him. Um, so it's been a really interesting experience. It's my first time working on a project of this scale. Yeah. I've done lots of like styled shoots and, and production for smaller things, but this was my first really, really large production and it was awesome and it was so much fun. And I'm excited to say that I have decided to kind of cut back a little bit on weddings and limit how many weddings I'm going to be doing from here on out and focus a lot more on large scale productions like this. That's that's super cool. So 55 photos, that is, photos that and doesn't videos, sound yeah. like a lot when you're talking about shooting however many hundreds in a family session but for something that is like a commercial project 55 is a ton of images it was a lot and it was you know that spans the photos and videos that we provided for him we did I think out of that 55 I think there were maybe like seven to nine videos that we created 
Uh, the rest were photos and they're all, you know, different sets and different environments and different types of photos. Some were more like just um, on figure, which are kind of simple. Some yeah. were really creative or funny uh, to, to use on the website <laughs> and on social media. Some were uh, like uh, product photography. So, you know, with the hangers or with clothing and with, you know, makeshift closets and things like that. So it was a it wasn't you know 55 from just one set it was 55 from probably about 30 different sets yeah 55 so, unique individually styled images that's exactly that's crazy. And, yeah photos and videos from you know all kinds of different sets that we had to plan and we had to get you know all the locations planned and the styles stylists arranged and the the um, actual props and sets and everything designed for all of these different uh, environments that we were using so it was a lot of work which is why it took about five months to do it <laughs> yeah so so you're saying that it took five months how many actual shoot days did you end up having to produce out of that mm, that's a good question I would say I would say shooting probably was close to 30 days I would say worth of wow. shooting within the five months um, you know so 30 days of, of shooting all these different sets and environments and then the, the rest of the four-ish months were spent in the pre-production part which is what we'll talk about today with the planning and the organizing and all that kind of stuff and then in the post-production as well. That is that is a monumental task that I'm was a lot of work that you got to take on. <laughs> it was even awesome. Though that it was so awesome. like a huge pain. <laughs> it was, you know, it was a huge. I wouldn't say it was a huge pain. It was a huge project, but it was super fun. And I, you know, it was since it was my first time. I definitely had some learning curves and hit some some you know issues and things like that. But I was able to just work through them, and I feel definitely feel much more prepared to to, to do the next one. So yeah. this guy is actually is also starting an, another company and he has put us on retainer for producing photos and videos for him every month for this other company. So oh, wow. we are now, instead of doing one large project that's going to span five months, we're, we're going to start doing uh, similar projects that we have one month to turn around, <laughs> uh, producing about 20 photos and videos for him for uh, per month. So it's going to be a lot of work and, and a lot of production and that kind of stuff. But, yeah. uh, you know, using this, the, the big production as a kind of stepping stone into this, this new, smaller, shorter productions. So, you know, I used that time to really put together good workflows for myself and good systems for myself and, and get myself really organized. So now that we have much less time to work on, on these upcoming projects, I already have everything in place. So hopefully it'll run smoothly and, and I don't have to worry about the things that I worried about over the past five months. That, that is that is insane and makes me feel like a, a small timer in the style sheet that I did recently because I did nothing of that magnitude with my Well, work. I want to hear about yours because the photos from it look really awesome. Thank you so much. So um, for those of you that are members of Improved Photography Plus, I actually just released a course on the production of this image in which I kind of go through pre-production, which is what we're talking about today, then the, the shooting and post-production of a composited styled image that I did with um, a, a local model and pulled together a team to do that. Um, I don't know how to describe it. It's it's kind of late Renaissance era dress that I then composited the subject into um, a a church like Saint Petri's or Saint Peter's 
church in Malmo, Sweden that I shot when I was out there. And it was, it was a really fun and interesting project um, that I, I just kind of realized in my own work that um, I was starting to get a little bit complacent in just shooting the same kinds of things over and over because I've become really happy with my style. So I decided it's time for me to push myself and um, try to do a little bit more out of my work and decided to, to create this styled shoot that I had to go through. Well, it was beautiful, and I think your your description, you said you didn't really know how to describe it, but I think it was pretty accurate, because when I look at it, I picture, like, Marie Antoinette, you know, yes. like, I feel like she should be holding some cake, and, you know, the, the infamous let them eat cake quote yeah. that she has. So, yeah, I think that's a pretty good description of, of what that was. Yeah, I'm definitely glad that that, that vibe kind of comes off from it, because technically the wardrobe and the makeup and the hair are all just a little bit pre-Marie Antoinette, but mm-hmm. that was kind of... Um, if if any of you have seen the Marie Antoinette movie with what's her name, um, is, yep, blonde, it, yeah, yep. I know who you're talking Pretty about, blonde lady. <laughs> um, but if any of you have seen that, that was kind of it wasn't specifically that movie, but some of the imagery and visuals from that were an inspiration in the creation of the shoot that ended up having to change just a little bit due to um, wardrobe that I was able to find. But I'm glad that the the atmosphere I guess the feel of it came off as that because that definitely was a strong inspiration in the creation of the images did you shoot her when you were overseas or did you shoot her in your studio I I shot her in my studio so actually in the course there's um I do a very quick run through of video of me shooting I I shot both in the kind of dark dramatic one light style that I've been doing recently um for kind of a more elegant classic portrait look and then I shot her specifically for compositing later on and that's where mm-hmm. I kind of go through exactly what I'm doing with the shoot nice. in the course yeah I'm definitely gonna check that out because it sounds awesome yeah it was it was a lot of fun and um it, you know it's really it was not the hugest production that I've ever taken on and I I am trying to push myself to just do more and more of that. It's more just, uh, I've kind of become a little bit too comfortable in not pre-producing work and just allowing people to show up and say like, eh, whatever, let's just shoot stuff it. today. Like I can do this. And, um, that kind of pushes us into the next little portion of this discussion that I wanted to have, which is, um, Erica, why do you think pre-production is important? Well, because if you don't, do any sort of pre-production work and you just show up on the day and hope everything turns out the way yeah. you're envisioning it, you're probably going to be sorely disappointed. Uh, you know, so. it's so important to put together a plan and to put together a list of people who are going to uh, help you with this production. Because if you're doing something, um, you know, kind of large scale, or even if you're doing something small, it's, yeah. it's much easier if you have somebody, at least one other person there to help you. And, and on top of that, it's much easier to have somebody that is specialized in hair or makeup or whatever Definitely to, so. there to, to assist you because you're not going to want to do everything by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that in general, when you're doing this level of pre-production, um, it, it tends to show in the work a lot more. Like the hair looks nicer, your makeup is going to look better. Absolutely. And, and when that happens, um, uh, even though you don't necessarily for everything, everywhere that you're posting the image, you're not tagging all of the credits of everyone for every single post you make. It's good to do. You should do that, but it doesn't always happen. Um, but even if you don't, it, it shows 
a viewer that knows what they're looking at that like, oh, you're definitely working with other people. Like you have the ability to not just be within yourself. You're able to communicate what you want to other people and get that out of them. So I think that that's a really important thing is for pre-production just shows up in the final result. And that is important to people that have bigger budgets to hire you for things. Absolutely. It's going to make you look more professional. It's going to make you look, you know, like you know what you're doing. So when people are looking to hire hire you for things like that, you look reputable. Yeah, um, absolutely. And another reason why I think it's super important is you guys, if you've listened to Portrait Session for a while, you know that I talk about organization all the time. <laughs> talk about 17 hats and workflows and all that kind of stuff. And this is no different. Like it's super important to have that organization beforehand so that you are not forgetting things or, you know, running out of things or just completely ruining all of your visions because you don't have everything organized. And we'll talk about the details for that in a little bit. But having that organization beforehand is going to make your shoot and the outcome of the shoot so much better. Yeah. I I mean, just even down to if you have a client that is specifically looking for shots, you need to make sure that you have a list of those shots somewhere and that you're Mm -hmm. not missing out on them. Um, I, I... have been surprised to talk to some people. This is more in the the product photography realm, um, but talk to a handful of people that will go up and shoot stuff for a corporate client and not have any idea of what their final results are before the day. So they'll, they'll they won't do any kind of pre production and they'll just show up and ah oh, like I don't know I'm just gonna shoot this product and hopefully it turns out okay. And it's, it, that drives me mad because I'm like how yeah. having a plan is what is going to get you the budget that you need to get good photos and. And if you just say, well, I'm just going to show up and do my best, you're going to end up um, missing things that they want or not selling them on something that they didn't realize that they wanted. Right. Or not shooting it in a way yeah. that, that they envisioned or not shooting it in a way that's going to tell the story that they want to tell. Yeah, absolutely. So um, that's, yeah, that's a little side note there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, um, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some of our tips for pre-production right after this. This episode is sponsored by the Improve Photography Retreat 2018 in Charleston, South Carolina. From March 20 to 22, come join us with some of your favorite photographers from the Improve Photography Network, also other popular photographers, and learn all kinds of topics from landscape photography to portrait photography to post-processing and beginner topics as well. The fun thing about the Improve Photography Retreat is that it's all hands-on. We want to get you shooting and spending time behind the camera and send you home with a great portfolio of images. Check it out at improvephotography.com and click on retreat at the top of the page. All right, and we're back. So today we're talking about pre-production and the importance of putting a little bit more energy, time, and effort into your production. So we're going to go over some pre-production tips. Um, Erica, I'm going to toss this off to you because this was a list that you put together, which I think is a really great comprehensive look at the pre-production phase of a shoot. Yeah. So, you know, back to that organization thing I was talking about. (laughs) This is my like OCD taking over. Um, So... Yes, let's talk about some of these things that you you want to do or you should do right away just to make the whole process easier for you. Yeah. The very first thing I suggest doing is having a concept brainstorming session. And in my blog in my blog post I call it a pre-production meeting. You can call it whatever you want, but you know, just have some sort of meeting or session where you're sitting down and going through some of these really important elements. 
some of the things you should talk about during that session include the concept. So, you know, duh, what is yeah. your concept? What really you nail that. Yeah. What do you want to do? What do you want to shoot? Really get that nailed down so that everybody who is working with you has a good understanding of the point of the shoot. And this is also a good time if you're working with a client to actually sit down with a client and talk about their vision and why they've hired you to do this. So, you know, somebody might be hiring you to take product or uh, photos of their products, for example. They, yes, they want to use those, you know, photos on their website, but what are they trying to do with that? Are they doing it for, you know, their sales page? Are they doing it for just their general website or their social media? Or, you know, what are they going to be using these assets for? That's really important to know so that you can create a concept and create a shoot based on what the client really wants. So have this conversation, whether it's with somebody who's paying you to do the work or with you know an assistant or somebody who's just helping you with a personal project, whatever it is, yeah. have this conversation to really nail down the concept and the, the usage behind these photos. Yeah, definitely. I, 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 it reminds me, sorry we keep on going back to product, but it's just sometimes those stick out more to me. But just the other day, I was standing in line at Bed Bath & Beyond, and I saw three different trash cans that were in boxes that were just up on a shelf, and I was kind of looking at them and realized that all of them were shot with at the same angle, but like each side of the box showed a different side of the trash can, and I was like... That's really interesting that they yeah. did that. But that clearly takes thought. It, it, it's yeah, not yeah. just, oh, I want to take pictures of a trash can on white so they can post it on Amazon or whatever mm-hmm. they're selling it. You have to really think through, okay, well, what angles do you want? What's the purpose of the image and how are you going to go about creating it? Right. So if those people didn't sit down and have this conversation about the usage of the image, there's no way the photographer would have known, oh, let's just take four photos of each side of the trash can so that they can put it on the box. Like that's not something that you just do on the fly. This is something that has come from a conversation at some point and in the pre-production stage of the entire production. Um, Yeah. Another another example would be actually one of my mentoids, uh, Cassie Gaffney. Hey, Cassie, if you're listening, Hi, uh, Cassie. she <laughs> she is awesome. She you know does these really really creative fine art kind of dark style fine art shoots. And she one of the the meetings that we had a few months ago was she wanted to do a really creative styled shoot. You know, going along these lines, these yeah. this creative line that she tends to shoot with. Um, And she was like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know, you know, help me just at least work out a kind of timeline or an order of events. What should I be doing, you know, from the very beginning of of this all the way through? So, you know, the thing that I told her was probably the most important was to, to really draw out your concept because you know she wanted to work with stylists and hair and makeup artists and she was going to use a model and she needed to find locations and all kinds of stuff so the her the most important step of this project even probably more important than actually shooting it is to really draw out that concept so that she can use that really defined idea to gather the people who are going to work really well within that concept so like you know she does more of a darker style fine art she's not going to reach out to like the beauty hair and makeup (laughs) artist that does all the weddings in town she's going to find somebody who really enjoys that style and is going to resonate well with that concept so really getting that down on paper or you know really drawing that out is going to help you not only just for shooting purposes but also recruiting people who are going to work with you on the project yeah. And and th- 
sorry to derail us just a little bit here, but this is that shoot that she just recently got published, is it not? Yes. She yeah. did. I think she did a couple of styled shoots, but yeah, that was one of them. Yeah, it, it was something that I was looking at her work recently because I follow her on Instagram, and it, there was something that was just a notable difference where she was already a, a very competent photographer, but then I saw those and I was just floored by them. And then yeah. short, like a week after, she was like, oh, hey, by the way, I got published. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, in a magazine. Like, yeah, yeah, okay. It, no that big totally deal. Shows. And that's exactly <laughs> the example that we were talking about, where showing, working with other people really does show in the images that you're creating. Right. Um, so the, the sidetrack to, to reemphasize a point there. That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome job, Cassie, by the way. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So you've got your concept down. Something else you really want to work on is, is your script. And this doesn't mean like, you know, you're putting together a play and you have to write down everybody's lines, which you can, if you're doing a video, that's a good thing to do. But the script is, is more than that. It's also like, you know, this is where, um, this specific location is where shoot number one is going to take place. This specific location is where hair and makeup is going to take place. This specific item is something that we need, you know, for this location. And then obviously if you're doing a video where people have to talk, then yes, that's where your lines and things like that come in. So the script, think of it more than just like reading lines off of a script, but the script really puts together kind of everything that you're going to need. All of your location ideas, all of your lines, if you have them, all of the the roles that different people are going to play, all that kind of stuff. So you're going to kind of put your outline together for that and then start filling in the pieces for that. So once you have that script in place based on your concept, from there, then you can start casting your characters and drawing up the, the character uh, um, development. So, you know, figuring out what types of models you need or what types of actors you need, what color skin they should have, hair, gender, you know, all that, the kind of details for that. And then continue on into doing the same thing, really breaking down the needs for your locations, the different sets that you might have to build, the props, the wardrobe, your stylists, your hair and makeup artists, everybody who's going to be kind of working with you on the shoot so you know working through all of those things at the very beginning during this brainstorming session and the script development is going to be really helpful to make sure that you're prepared and ready to go for the actual shoot yeah absolutely and I, I would say that for anybody that's just trying to give this a go for the first time um, a good way to go about doing that um, I, I like the the way that you mentioned scripts here and and I guess that is kind of what I do but I actually I, I think through what the final result is and I tend to um, reverse engineer we'll okay, work backwards well, yeah, yeah what, what is if I need this okay how do I get that who's doing that and then I say okay it's a makeup person now where's the makeup person going to be doing that thing so right. For me, it's like I'll, I'll stop, start at the end result and then go, okay, what are the needs that go into that? And then from there, develop my script out from that. So, right. yeah, the, sorry. Yeah, and to kind of even go deeper, you said, um, you know, I know I need a hair and makeup artist. Where's the hair and makeup gonna, artist going to work? But more than that, you know, what type of hair and makeup artist do I need? Do yes. I need somebody, you know, do I need a makeup artist and a hairstylist or do I you know need somebody that's going to do both what kind of look do they need to be proficient in you know how creative do they have to be what kind of experience do they have to be so you really have to if you and I don't want to like scare people away like somebody who's never no. done this is like holy crap how am I ever going to do this um, you know but these are things that you that are important to think about especially if you have something really unique and something that's going to require a you know a unique style of of application or of styling or location yeah. or whatever 
Yeah, and I mean, honestly, any good professional that you find is going to be honest with you about that. In the same way that if somebody comes to you and says, hey, do you take baby photos and you don't, you're going to tell them, no, I don't, but I might be able to refer you somewhere else. Um, That actually happened in the production of this course. I I found a makeup artist that I definitely wanted to work with, and I was hoping that she might do hair and uh, said, okay, well, here's some ideas for the hair. And her response was, "Uh, you know, I can help you find a hair person if you would like, but I, I... while I can do it, it's not my strong suit, and I'd rather, since this is an important thing to you, I'd rather you have the right people for it. So don't feel like you have to be able to look at their style and say, oh yeah, they're going to be perfect at this. If there's special effects makeup versus beauty makeup, and you don't really know the difference, you just know that this person lists themselves as a makeup artist, you, you can contact them and say, hey, is this something that you're able to do? Um, so yeah, don't, don't feel like you need to know every detail of it. Absolutely. That's that's such a good point, too. I mean, I I have a list of hair and makeup artists that I work with and they're kind of divided, divided up by what kind of look they're best at. So I have, you know, I have people on my list who are really, really great at classic beauty looks and who are really, really great at creative looks and and crazy makeup looks and dark makeup looks. So, you know, you can you can kind of keep a running list of all these people that you either, you know, have reached out to you or you've reached out to and really kind of separate them out so that when you're working on other shoots in the future, you know who might be a good fit for those particular shoots. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's talk about organization because everybody knows I'm like a freak about organization. (laughs) And fun fact, it's only in my business. It's definitely not in my life because my I'm a, a, a messy person and if you looked at my office right now, there's no uh, visible evidence that I'm an organized person. <laughs> so um, the most of the stuff is done, you know, electronically on the computer or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so everything there is nice and organized, just not in real life. Um, okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, so some things that I use to really kind of keep myself organized for productions like this, again, whether it's a smaller styled shoot or this big one that I've that I've done and I'm getting ready to do more of. Um, Workflows will be your best friend. So whether you're gonna use something like 17 hats to put a workflow together or put a spreadsheet together for yourself or do something in Google Drive, put together a, a workflow of things that you can kind of just follow and check off as you go. Yeah. So all of those things that I mentioned earlier, like the concept, the scripts, the character development, all of the things that you need to book, like the locations and the talent and the stylists and all that kind of stuff, put all of this stuff into a workflow so that you can kind of just check things off as you go so that you don't have to, every time you start a new creative production or a new styled shoot or whatever, you don't have to think, oh, did I do this? Or what do I need to do? You know, you have everything already put into place so that you don't have to worry about it. Um, Another thing I really like to do is put together timelines. So this is something that you can do during that, probably shortly after that concept brainstorming session we talked about, is to really put the whole production into a timeline. So include everything from any other meetings that you're going to have, any other, you know, location visits that you're going to do, any trial hair and makeup runs that you're going to do, meetings that you're going to have with a model, um, and then the actual shoot and post-production and all that kind of stuff should be on your on your timeline as well. That way you can share that with everybody who's involved and everybody's on the same page in far, as far as, uh, you know, when things need to be done and, and all of that kind of stuff. Definitely. That helps, really helps with 
the communication with others as well. It's super important to make sure that you're maintaining communication with everybody who's involved. Don't let people, you know, go months without hearing from you because then guess what? Your project's put on their, you know, back burner. You need to make sure that you're you're staying with staying up with your communication with them and and communicating the things that they need to know with them. So make sure you're communicating with them every time that you've, you know, secured a location or you've set your shoot time or whatever it's going to be. Make sure that you're really communicating with everybody involved so that you're all on the same page and kind of to oh go ahead oh no no i i you go ahead you're fine okay well i was gonna say kind of going along with that make sure that you are communicating what people's responsibilities are especially for the day of the shoot so put together an agenda and a, a timeline specifically for the day of the shoot and communicate that and those responsibilities with the people that you're working with so everybody knows where they need to be and when and what they're going to be responsible for doing yeah um the the thing that i was going to say about that is that it, it can be really easy to feel like you're pestering people um especially when you're communicating things over and over like i i, I think for <laughs> yeah. this shoot um especially just because some of the people had very strict dates that they could work and times mm-hmm. that they could work. Um, I had to constantly re-communicate and reconfirm like, okay, you're definitely going to be there at this time. Yep. I need you at this time, not that time. Just make sure. And and you can feel a little bit obnoxious, but something to keep in mind is that um, if it's just you doing a, a casual photo shoot that you're winging it on, um, that's fine. You can, you can not pester them. And if they don't show up, uh, that sucks. I can reschedule. But when you have lots of other people and timelines and things to, to keep track of, it's mm-hmm. really important to, I would say it, it, it's better to over communicate just a little bit to just make sure that everybody, everybody knows exactly what needs to be done when, and that things go smoothly. Cause if you don't, it's just not going to happen. No. And it's going to cause you more headache in the long run. A, a, an example that just happened to me this week, I, going back to the the monthly projects that we're going to be doing for this this company i had you know put the model call out there i picked all the people that i wanted to work with after doing the casting calls i started working on the production timeline and and putting dates together and all this kind of stuff and then all of a sudden one of the models was like oh i'm only available on weekends um, and and I, I did not apparently communicate enough to him that we, you know, we shoot during the week and that I needed people with flexible availability. I put it in the model call, but yeah. from there, he must have just skimmed over that part. From there, I, I didn't say that again. Yeah. So now I'm back to the drawing board having to find an, a model to fill his spot because he's not available when we need to shoot. So say things over and over and over again, especially if you're working with a lot of people. Uh, yeah. because you know they may get annoyed but who cares it's better than you getting screwed over in the long run and not having somebody there who's supposed to be there they, they may get annoyed but it also shows that you care about the thing and that it really matters um i yeah we had for our workshop we had an instance in which i had reconfirmed with this girl uh three or four times luckily i had multiple models for the workshop coming in but sure enough that at the moment that she's supposed to show up, I gave her about 10 minutes extra and I texted her and I was like, hey, where, where are you? I didn't hear back for three hours. Oh my and gosh. she was like, oh, I'm sorry. I was doing another thing today. You still want me to show up? And I'm like, no, you, you like completely just derailed this. Like, thank you very much. And um, what the heck? I, and I would never work with her again. Yeah. Um, 
but thankfully in that instance, I had backup people in mind already and, and everything worked out, but that can happen. So making sure that you're, you're really communicating a lot. And she was one that I kind of was already getting a feeling from just because every time I was interacting with her, I would give details about schedule and exactly when, when you need to be here and here's hair and makeup ideas. Here's everything that I want. And the responses were always just like, okay, sounds good. To and super short. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. eh, all right, well, time to make some backup plans. Um, not that that is always necessary, but I think that by being overly communicative, um, I was able to set myself up for being prepared for being let down. Yeah. It, yeah. Oh, what a bummer. Yeah. Ooh, that it was, sucks. I was, I, I'm so that, glad you had other models the, yes. the, like yeah. there. And and that's the thing. I mean, if that if that was a commercial production where there was a real budget there yeah. and that was the person who had been fitted for particular wardrobe or something and I didn't have a backup, I would I I, mean, I would be SOL. That would just yeah. be the worst. So yeah. in this instance it's a uh, good thing it wasn't the worst case scenario, but <laughs> frequent communication really will help you kind of suss those things out and tell when people might not get exactly how important these things are yeah oh what a bummer yeah so i want to talk i know we're talking primarily about pre-production but there's a couple things that are actually these are more specific to the production day but they kind of tie into pre-production because some of the things you actually do before the production day happens so the first thing you want to do is make sure you're keeping your people happy during the production so before the production starts make sure you go out and get food and drinks maybe put together a playlist get the things that are going to keep people happy on the day of production Um, if you're if you have like a really long day of production and you want to order food get people's food orders in advance so that you can you know just order online from Jimmy John's or whatever um, so that everything is ready to go the day of. There's nothing worse than having people there working for you and not having anything for them to drink or snack on or anything like that. I will say a couple of things to be careful about. One, if you're providing food for people and especially if you're going to do like a food order from a restaurant, make sure you ask people about dietary restrictions or allergies or anything like that. So that you don't make anybody sick. Another thing is if you're going to provide alcohol, it might be a good idea to have a conversation beforehand about, you know, consumption and making sure you're responsible. I never had a problem with this in all my years of, of doing stuff like this until about a month ago. I was doing a styled shoot. Um, and we brought in a model, a stylist, a hair and makeup artist, and we did this really elaborate styled shoot that I have not yet published because the model ended up drinking about two bottles of wine and (laughs) she got so wasted that 90% of my photos are blurry because she was so wobbly and like stumbling Uh. around during the shoot. So that was a lesson learned. I've always had wine on on set for creative productions, not for paid gigs. Um, And it's never been a problem. But, you know, if you you are going to have alcohol on set for people to consume, have the conversation about what you expect uh, just so you don't find yourself in a similar situation. Yeah. I, I mean, I would go as far as to say better to not have alcohol on the set unless it is a shoot about that alcohol <laughs> and in that case you shouldn't be drinking it uh, my i would say if you want to have a drink i will take you out for a drink afterwards but 
um, during the shoot, I need you at your best and I need me at my best. And that is never going to be boozed up. Yeah. And see, that's just, you know, at our studio, we have we have a wine fridge and it's very much yeah. a part of our culture there. We do. We have local beer and, and local wines and fair, all fair trade stuff. So it's very much a part of our culture. And we always offer people like a glass of wine or a beer or something it's never enough to like get drunk but yeah apparently what, what we didn't know is that she every time she took a, a bathroom break she was actually going and refilling her wine bottle or her wine glass and we none of us realized it was happening because we were all working <laughs> so um you know it's all about personal preference and what you're gonna do just be very careful if you do decide to do that <laughs> yeah definitely a good warning one way or the other yeah a couple other things that you should do beforehand um that will really affect the production day is make sure that your lights are set up and you test everything before your shoot begins, whether that is like really pre-production, you know, way beforehand, or it's just a few hours before the shoot or whatever it is, get everything set up, ready to go, make sure you're testing it and make sure everything's working and looking good before the shoot actually begins. Uh, You also want to make sure that you, well, this is optional, but it is definitely helpful. Make sh- you know, consider having someone there with you to keep track of everyone and everything. So a person that's just kind of the day of coordinator, kind of. So they're yeah. keeping track, making sure that everybody's where they're supposed to be. They are doing the jobs that they're supposed to be doing, uh, making sure the food and the drinks and stuff are fine and restocked and fresh and all that kind of stuff. So just somebody there to kind of run the show because you're not going to want to do that. It's likely that you're going to be more concerned with shooting and and the actual working part of it so having somebody there to help you with all those other working parts will be really helpful as well yeah i i 100 agree having even even if it's somebody that's kind of an assistant that is just an everything assistant just having somebody there that can keep track of things um you don't have to make them a super involved role where you know they know absolutely everything about the shoot exactly but having somebody that can even just be there to help keep an eye on whatever needs to be done is really helpful to have absolutely awesome well is is there anything else that you would like to talk about with pre-production or production erica i don't think so i just like spewed a bunch of information (laughs) so i think i should stop there (laughs) i was i was like super ready for that whole thing to be much more conversational and i just was sitting back in awe where i'm like oh organizational master here, (laughs) but very well said, all of that. And, um, thank you. Yeah. I hope that's going to do it for us this week on the portrait session episode of improved photography podcast. Thank you so much for joining us and we will talk to you again next month. Bye-bye guys. Bye guys.